Welcome to episode 89 of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Planiverse. Today, Corinne and I are going to discuss about sort of restoring sanity, I think is one way of putting it. And I think you gave it a different name, didn't you? <laughs> I called it refocus, but, but yeah. All right. But I'm sure this will ring a few bells somewhere where you've taken that time to sit down with your planner and put your um, various tasks and things into um, sort of into order. You've written them all down. But now you've got so many tasks, you don't know what to do first or whatever. So we're hopefully we're going to try and, you know, not sort of, you know, be get into control of this monster, as it were, and take um, command of the whole situation, Corinne. How about you? I, I agree. I think um, the lunatics are on the grasses. This should be the name of this episode. Uh, ideally, it, it, here's what happened. I was having a nice chat with Esther Van Antwerp, and, and thank you, Esther, for the great topic idea. And she was currently dealing with some overwhelm. And, and here's the gist of the conversation was that she had slung all her information into her planner, but that information was still coming through. And so there was a sense of daily overwhelm on multiple priorities, multiple deadlines, multiple desire to wanting to achieve a sort of end state where everything had been ticked off the list. And all of a sudden, the light bulb went off in her head when I said, you know, priority used to be a singular word, not priorities. <laughs> and so I think <laughs> that's where we're getting caught up. Steve and I were chatting earlier about how these magazines tend to create social norms that are norm only because someone with a million dollar budget and a photo shoot timeline and paid photographers can create that. Um, especially for some of these Instagrammers that take a lot of time to set up their photo shoots and, and do and create these environments that are pseudo environments, really. If you look three mm -hmm. inches past the photograph, I don't think you're gonna see what the photograph is actually showing, right? Or the digital image. And it's so, these sort of <laughs> sanitized, sort of sterile room right. sets, as it were, isn't it? You know, right. might have and, more place in a place like IKEA. No, not lived in. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> go go sleep in an IKEA overnight, and you'll have that experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's not the world we live in, is it, Steve? We we live in a world no. where where houses look lived in, and that's not to say that your house needs to be messy. It doesn't mean that you you're to let go of all of the requirements that uh, go with maintaining a household but that the requirements that you put on yourself, I think, ought to be uh, gauged with the level of progress that you want to achieve. And one of the things that, that Esther and I were discussing is that this priority used to be a singular word. So what, what is your priority for today? Not priorities. And, and just like the quadrant system that Stephen Covey had, you want to be living your life out of that, I think it's quadrant four, he says, um, where quadrant four or three, I can't remember, but it's where you're, where you're not rushed and you're not putting out fires and you're taking care of everyday things 
as they as they've been tasked to be taken care of not constantly trying to catch up with yesterday and the the biggest takeaway i think from all of this is when we're refocusing squirrel brain it is that we've got to be able to create a list of things that will actually be achievable you may have them and that's why i like my master task list because i don't refer to my master task list all the time the master task list lives in its own little tab I don't check it. Maybe once a month I go back to it when I've run out of things for that week to do or when I've run out of things for that month to do. Um, one of the focuses that we had on this episode was that we were going to discuss the three, three thing list, right? The three priority lists that we had read off of becoming minimalist. Sadly, the link wasn't working when we went back to it, but we'll see if we can't reconnect to that. And the idea behind it is that you have three priorities for the day and you get those done and you move on with your life. It's not like you're not going to do other things, but those are the big threes that you know that once you've achieved them, your day can move on with, with whatever else you're, you're getting done. Also, you end up, if you're going down that route, you are leaving a little bit of spur capacity in your day somewhere to to. Um, take on board anything that is urgent hopefully not too many things like that come along each day but that right. gives you the spur capacity to do you know the urgent task and if something doesn't come along then you might look outside of your three main priorities for the day and think ah I've got this 20 minute task or half an hour task or I might even relax and watch a 30 minute video on something that you wanted, wanted to do, be it, you know, pleasurable or for training or whatever. But it's, it's not one of these things that, you know, it doesn't matter if it happens today, tomorrow or next week sort of thing. But you've got something to slot into that gap, as it were. Well, this sort of reminds me of the AbFab episode where Adina had gotten herself a personal, what was it, a Palm Pilot at the time, I think, or whatever it was. And she, she started getting into, oh, 8 a.m., I must hydrate now, right? And 8.01, stop hydration and start, you know, whatever else she's doing. Um, and then, of course, at, at five minutes into the show, she throws the damn thing out the window and she says, give me back my life, right? <laughs> And we have to understand that the, the planners are there to serve us. We don't serve our planners. If you're going to dictate your day to the, down to the minute and second, then you're leaving no room for life. And what's going to occur is burnout. That is the, the end result that Adina found out five minutes into the show. But most people don't realize until they get to a point where they're like, oh, my God, everything's coming at me. How do I slow this? I need I need this thing to break down right now just so that I can mm. function. And instead of breaking down, my suggestion is pick the top three that you can achieve today, work on those. And of course, you're going to get other things done beyond those three. Of course, you're going to email people. Of course, you're going to get on social media. Of course, of course, of course. But that doesn't mean that you haven't achieved those three things. And there is a sense of accomplishment that happens after achieving those major three points that you've put down for yourself and everybody's gauging these things at a different perspective ultimately when we talk about the first class lifestyle we're talking about creating a lifestyle for yourself that allows you to feel like you've stepped into a first class ticket environment 
And what does that look like what you've created right now? Does your planner currently reflect a first class lifestyle or is it, are you just filling it up? Number one, for the sake of filling it up or number two, that you're going to get to it someday. And Steve and I both know someday we've looked, he's looked someday does not exist on the calendar. It's not there. We've only seen days with numbers on them, right, Steve? It's that magical eighth day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there were. I wish there were a magical eighth day because then we'd know what to do with it. But even if we had eight days, I guarantee you there'd be people that say, oh, I wish there was a ninth. <laughs> or ten. Let's, let's settle on ten because it's nice and decimal then. <laughs> there it is. And we can break it down. <laughs> it's divisible. Uh, so, you know, the, the met so, metric month. <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> 10 days only. You get 10 days. Let's go. Move on to the next month. Uh, so ultimately, what we're looking at is being able to refocus the overwhelm because the overwhelm comes, um, sometimes it's out of our control. But for the most part, you have in your life what you tolerate. If you're mm. tolerating all of this coming at you, and that means you haven't set up enough boundaries in your life. And if it's coming at you too fast, you are the one that can slow, slow the, the lever down. And I think the, one of the best ways to do that is to ask yourself, what are the top three things you can accomplish for this day that will make you feel like you've made progress moving things forward? And then tomorrow will, will resolve itself if you're at that point where you're having to refocus. Mostly, I, I find, and Steve, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I find the people that plan out longest tend to have slightly more less overwhelm if that makes sense right so the I further out you plan the more relaxed you mm, can be certainly find um some weeks that if i'm sort of well ahead of my sort of schedule of normal things to do it's yeah. certainly far more relaxing that you you feel as if you're in far more control of your destiny as it were and you've certainly have then got more time to explore sort of other things on the list that you've not been ignoring, but you just haven't got to sort of thing. And all of a sudden, you suddenly find yourself with these sort of, you know, avenues of time that, you know, just didn't exist because you're this, the, going down the constantly firefighting route. Yeah, you, you're still achieving the same number of things, but or you're constantly busy, but you're not getting the sort of satisfaction out of completing the, right. the same sort of tasks as you are, or you don't get time to think, is there a better way of doing this sort of thing? And if you give yourself some time to do that occasionally, then all of a sudden you think, why didn't I think of that before? I had one of these light bulb moments the other day <laughs> over the way I do blog posts and what have you. Real silly thing, really, but it was obvious when I sort of suddenly realised, you know, I've been doing this for, what, 10 years now, and I'd sort of always done something a certain way, but then I suddenly spotted a slightly different sort of approach, which makes it, you know, incredibly a lot easier and less pressured on a you know certain days of the week sort of thing so I'm, I'm giving it a try this month but so far it looks um like it will succeed i think so we shall watch this space on that one 
Well, you said something that was very interesting, and it absolutely relates to what we're discussing here. Again, we go back to David Allen, where he says, your brain was made to have ideas, not store them. Yeah. How can you possibly have ideas if you are going through your day in a robotic sense of must tick things mm. off, must mm. complete next task? There is no human element to that. It's it's sort of, I mean, you might as well at that point hire someone at minimum wage to go through and tick your planner off for you, right? I, yeah. What's the point? If, if you, this is the life that you're designing, and, and if this is, I mean, in other words, let's put it this way. Would you go back and do yesterday the way you did yesterday if you knew what you knew now about yesterday? <laughs> and that, that that's the best way to look at it. Sadly, you don't know about it's yesterday until you get to today. But today becomes yesterday tomorrow. So the 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 one of the fastest things that you can do to change your outlook and change that level of overwhelm is stop what you've done because clearly what you've done doesn't work. Stop what you've done and recreate your day using the three uh, three priority system. Because mm -hmm. I find that allows you to really center your focus on getting three th major things done. Yeah, it can't be like, I'm gonna tie my shoelace, brush my teeth and comb my hair. Those, they, those can't be your top threes. Unless of course, you're just coming out of a coma, in which case, congratulations, those are the top threes for you. Um, <laughs> and, but, you're, and we're but, the first thing you're listening to. <laughs> <laughs> Put, put, definitely will go back into the coma if they hear this first thing. <laughs> um, Where's that hammer? Quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were better where they were at. Um, so, so as far as being able to recover your life, and, and so it's the sense of recovering your life and then moving your life to a sense of actual pleasure and achievement and a place where you're getting ideas and you're inspired and you're motivated and you're actually participating in the things that you're passionate about. That's, mm. I think, where all the success and productivity comes from. Um, it, again, the 80-20 rule does apply here. If you spend 20% of your time during the day completing the big three tasks, that leaves up 80% of your day to mm. do whatever else you want. And so a lot of the overwhelm, I think, comes from anticipating or anxiety that's created in between the spaces of how am I going to get all of this done instead of just those three. Well, I would even switch that round. If you spend 80% of your time doing your big three tasks, mm -hmm. leaves you 20% for thinking and, and other sort of sure. smaller stuff and what have you. The important thing is, is to not spend 100% of your time, right? you know, constantly beavering away. Because maybe I'm just a simple type, but um, don't answer that. Um, <laughs> you, you can't, I don't think anyone can sort of concentrate on just one task and have, you know, thoughts and ideas, you know, be creative or otherwise about other stuff at the same time sort of thing. It's, it's like tapping your head and sort of you know, rubbing your tummy type thing, isn't it? Um, okay, for those of you that are just listening because you didn't see it, Steve was actually tapping his head and rubbing his tummy at the same time he said it. <laughs> You've got to practice these things every now and again. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, it's just nice. I do this when I can now, if I'm journaling, for instance, I can't sit in front of my computer. 
I mm. quite often pick the thing up with my pen and I go to another part of the house and I sit down in, in the in the piece and quiet on my own just to sort of do that. Now, th- that's invariably because I'm trying to remember stuff I've done during the day and I sort of rewind my brain a bit or possibly even back into sort of yesterday if I've missed mm. sort of writing anything down at the latter half of the day sort of thing. But I think it's important that we give ourselves some space and time, even if it's only just once a day for, you know, just catching up mentally with right. all the stuff we're trying to do and also mentally preparing ourselves for, you know, right have we done everything we intended to do and what are we intending to do tomorrow sort of thing even if you're doing it on a daily day-to-day basis then yeah sure you you might have to do that because you know the weather changes or your workload changes and or you've got to a particular point in a project that you've not you didn't know how far you'd get down the the route of sort of thing so you 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 have to sort of make you can't sort of plan the whole week out, maybe right um, right. With but you can plan some parts out. You can plan some parts of it out, sure, but you might not be able to plan the whole thing out. But the thing is, the my point is, is you shouldn't um, sort of you know panic that you don't know what you're going to be doing sort of in five days' time, sort of thing. You're, you might have right. an idea what you've got to be doing, but. And there might be sort of a fixed appointment there. That's fine. Um, but, you know, the, the important thing is, is to have this, this space and time to be able to prepare yourself for each day as it comes along. And then, you know, on the, on the day or before the day, mentally work out, okay, which thing, three things am I going to do? How long are those things going to do? What is dependent on me completing those three things, um, et cetera, et cetera. So you've got a rough idea of, you know, so you can look at the clock and you think, right, how much more have I got to do on this one? And is it critical on if, if this one's taking longer, do I need to, you know, give up the idea of doing number two or number three even or, or whatever? That's certainly how I sort of tend to to work. Is to I know yeah. what I've got to do each day, um, or what I prefer to be doing each day, and um, sort of take it from there. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing, Steve. Is is that the Japanese have a term called umami, and the way that it mm-hmm. was described to me is that umami is the feeling you get when you start drinking a cold beer on a hot day or when you've just gotten into the bath it's that ah feeling right mm. if you if you want to be technical about it you could just take a bath and not experience anything of it right you could just simply down a beer yeah. and not have that enjoyment but the umami of everything exists in the space between it's the time and space in between your projects and your tasks that you complete where you're actually getting a sense of accomplishment and you're understanding the context in which the whole thing is spinning. So, for example, I've got to cook a a bigger meal tomorrow. I'm getting all of my ingredients and putting them aside today. 
I don't have to think about that tomorrow because if I have to think about putting the ingredients and getting everything up and all the pans and all the pots, I don't want to even get to it. But I know that's the 10 minutes of setting that up is going to save me a lot of time and I don't have to worry about it until tomorrow. But that's just a quick thing and ideally that's what, again, we come back to contexts. That's why I like contexts. Because if you split your day up from things that you want to do while you're at the house versus things that you can do while you're away from the house, that allows you to prioritize your time and allows you to contextualize so that you're grouping like things together and you're saving time. And why do we want to save time? Because it allows you to enjoy what you're doing instead of trying to cram everything together at the same time. One important thing to remember with this sort of you know, accomplishing, you know, what you want to do during the day. And I think I've mentioned this one before, is to make sure that your partner, your partner in crime, partner in life, whatever, um, is aware of what you're hoping to do that day so they don't go and try and plan your day differently from how you were going to plan it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm not saying anything here, but... um, if, if, for instance, you're, you know, you need to go shopping at some point together, then, you know, you can mutually agree on sort of, right, so when are we going shopping today? I know we need to go shopping. Do we need to go shopping? Uh, how about after lunch, before lunch? Do we need to go before or after lunch? It's as simple as that, really. It's just to sort of... Then, you know, you sit, stick a marker in the sand. Right, OK, so we're going after lunch. Therefore, I've got all morning to to do whatever it was I was planning on doing sort of thing. So sometimes you have to do a little mental rejuggle of, you know, the day, if you like, as to when you were going to do something. Right. But in my case, it might be I, I need to find an hour and a half sometime during the day between when I woke up and when I go back, when I when I go to bed tonight sort of thing. As long as it, I've got an hour and a half, it doesn't matter when it is, really. It doesn't matter if I don't do it in the morning or don't do it in the afternoon. As long as I'm clear in the evening, then, then that's fine sort of thing. So, yeah, it, it, it as, sort of it, filters down in the end. It's, uh, you're, you're spot on, Steve. And Esther and I were talking about the value of actually setting up deadlines. So there mm. is value in that. doesn't mean that you're going to adhere to them 100%. Things do come up. Life does happen. And that doesn't mean that you're not in integrity with the deadlines that you've set up, so long as you can account for it and say, look, I can't get this accomplished today, but I can get this accomplished tomorrow or the day after, or maybe you need to postpone a week. But you have to be honest with what your expectations are and what you can actually accomplish. Because there's sometimes, I've, I've found that there seems to be a sense of over overachieving, that people think they can accomplish 45 things in one day, and mm. yeah, probably you can, but I don't know if you can keep that pace up. And why would yeah. you? The yeah. entire essence of what we're trying to achieve here in terms of enjoying life, right? If, if enjoying life is part of something you're trying to achieve, then why bother if you're going to task yourself? I don't know any bosses that would task their employees with that sort of level of, of um, uh, productivity. And you have to gauge productivity, I think, within this within the realm of continuous productivity not just Mm. one day and then you're broken the next yeah or like those people that go work out real hard in one day and then they're out of commission for the next week because their muscles won't drag (laughs) them out out of bed (laughs) the um 
it's reminding me of a, a sort of a management sort of uh, timekeeping system we used to have to look after where they were always expected you to achieve a certain percentage of productivity but then they didn't realize that easter fell twice in one year so of course naturally you know if you're not physically there you can't expect the same level of overall sort of um percentage of productivity that particular year but you get it back the next so you know it balances well that's out. that's actually the nice thing about being able to have a master task list and then working off of smaller contextual lists is that you mm. can gauge productivity if you break mm. down your major tasks or goals into smaller mm. projects and you give each one of those little tasks a time frame let's say it takes you between 20 and 40 minutes to achieve something you can add those up and get yourself a metric of how productive you're being during the day. Mm. And if you find that you're leaving more things undone because of the level of I've got to get to it, I've got to get to it, it's it's one more thing added to my list, then you, your system's broken. Th that mm. means you're allowing a lot more to come in than, you should, than you're actually able to handle. And that means you've got to delegate, remove, or reduce. One idea I've come up with is if you... Um have a regular um, task that you have to do, say, once a week or once a month or whatever, rather than to put it on your task list, put it as an actual appointment and make the appointment on your calendar the length of time that, on average, it takes you to do. It might be a simple thing like, you know, go and read the meters once a month or, you know, put the bins out or... or do the recycling and you know all these various little silly little tasks that we end up having to do that sometimes we need a reminder to do them i know i need a reminder because i don't know what day of the week it is half the time but huh? you you sort of you know you can sort of make sure that that you've sort of blocked off a certain amount of time um to achieve that thing or whatever it is particularly if it has to be done on a set day each week sort of thing um, so you know that that's you know not sacred time, but at some point in the day, you know you've got to do it by a certain time in the day, sort of thing. Yeah, um, I, I I agree. And what's better than making an appointment for yourself and mm. and having that set time for contextualizing? So who was it? Uh, the, in planarology, we were discussing this new context I have called allowing, and <laughs> that's the time that I'm using to work on my vision boards, work on my journaling, mm. work on reading, mm. work on listening to YouTube videos that I want to listen to and take notes during this time. So I've set aside a context for that. And mm. that allows me during the day to say, oh, I've got 10 minutes. I can pull 10 minutes from that context and slap it onto here. And there goes, I've completed my, my little context of allowing for the mm. day. You've, if you don't program it, somebody else will. That's the bottom line. If you don't create categories and contexts for what you're trying to achieve uh, then somebody else is going to prioritize your day for you and I think that's where some of the overwhelm comes in because people haven't planned in or they haven't reached out to say here's here's what we're accomplishing this week and the mm. moving all the moving parties need to be informed so that they can all be on the same page I'm sure we all sort of end up in a situation some days where something comes along unexpected and we end up spending an hour or two hours on something that we'd never, not actually planned for at all. Yeah, you just feel yeah. sort of quite run down by it then, by yeah. the end of the day. <laughs> you think, where on earth did that come from? Why did I end up spending so much time on it and, and achieving, or you, you didn't actually achieve any result from it. It's just been then postponed to 
you know, some later week sort of thing. You know, it just drives you nuts, those sort of things. But, um, you know, the, the inevitable that they happen at some point. But you shouldn't be bad about it, feel bad about it. It's, it's, it's one thing if you plan for it, because then you can build up the emotional Teflon. I don't know about other people, but I have to build up... <laughs> Emotional Teflon to deal with people during the day. <laughs> well, do you have a punch bag somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of. I have a picture of Steve and I use it as target oh, practice. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kidding, Steve. Uh, but on, yeah, you, on, you've got to prep yourself. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've quite enjoyed this conversation because it, it sort of touches on you know, so many sort of regular things that, you know, I come across and I'm hopefully, you know, we all sort of have, you know, similar sort of things that crop up from time to time sort of thing. And, um, you know, it's just not relief, but it's, it's assuring that, you know, you, you know, you're not suffering alone. And we do have a few ideas, hopefully, that we've discussed that um, will help you sort of get over these little hurdles that sort of uh, get popped in our way during most you know most average days of the week I would think in a lot of cases yeah yeah so where can we find you on the interwebs these days you can find me at uh, in on instagram as Karinto Marcian you can find me at planerology you can find me on facebook and uh you can find me being human with Steve Morton on uh, our Hitchhiker's Guide to the Planiverse. Where can we find you, being, Steve? Being human, yes. Um, you'll find me in the usual places of filofaxi.com, travelersnotebooktimes.com, and Mr. Filofaxi on Instagram. And don't forget, folks, if you've enjoyed our ramblings, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it, and share it. <laughs>